You're listening to Atomic Moms, a modern parenting podcast about the joys and complexities of caring for our children and ourselves. I'm Ellie Noss, and since 2014, we've been celebrating and commiserating with world-class experts, best-selling authors, and parents around the world. I've been thinking a lot about the last time I was stuck at home for months going crazy. It was April 2017, and as longtime listeners will remember, hi, longtime listeners. I was around six months pregnant when I was sent home from an unexpected hospital visit and told to go on modified bed rest. I remember being home all day, every day, and I also remember that I got very depressed. It was difficult being trapped at home worrying about the health of my baby as well as the when and how my baby would arrive. And so I keep thinking about all of you out there expecting. And my heart goes out to you. And I just want you to know that while we can't all celebrate your pregnancy in person, we're here. And we're going to get some answers for you regarding pregnancy, birth, and the fourth trimester during this challenging time. I'm going to call up Diana Spaulding again. Diana is a certified nurse, midwife, pediatric nurse, and mother of three. Her children are ages eight, five, and four. She's a BA in anthropology from Emory University and a BS in nursing and a master's degree in midwifery from New York University. In addition to caring for thousands of pregnant women, Diana has worked in pediatric oncology and has served several professorial and advisory roles in her higher education settings, including Georgetown University. Diana is the digital education editor at Motherly and the founder of Gathered Birth, a motherhood wellness center in Media, Pennsylvania. Hopefully you had a chance to listen to part one of this series that we released a day ago. And if you haven't, you can find it at atomicmoms.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. In that episode, we celebrate a brand new book, The Motherly Guide to Becoming Mama, Redefining the Pregnancy, Birth, and Postpartum Journey. It was written by our guest, Diana Spaulding, along with Jill Koziel and Liz Tennity, the founders of Motherly, and it's out April 14th. That conversation, it offered tools for mothers at any stage in their parenting journey. But I wanted to call Diana back because of her background as a certified nurse midwife and pediatric nurse. I wanted to call her and ask her about what mothers should consider when it comes to their birth plans now, how the landscape has changed with COVID-19, what considerations expecting parents should take, and what the fourth trimester might look like if we are all still in quarantine. At the end of our conversation, Diana references Anna in Frozen 2, and there's something so Anna-esque about Diana. And she's a really good handholder. You're like, of course she gets women through labor. You can tell that she is so good at holding space for others and reflecting their own inner confidence back to them. So she's going to work a little bit of that magic on us today. We will be right back. Hello? 
Diana, thank you so much for coming on Atomic Moms. Hi. Hi. Oh, my goodness. Thank you for having me again. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so sorry. My brain is like just, I mean, all of us, right? Like right now, this is such a wild time. And I didn't even think to look at the whole PSES situation. So thank you. Well, okay. So to fill our listeners in, this is so funny and horrible. But oh my gosh. Are we live right we're now? We're going to be live. Why not? Let's just share the full experience. So well, let's do it. Let's do it. So this is this is also like doesn't only happen during a pandemic. It, it, being on the way, everyone assumes yeah, well, yeah. East Coast uh, time. And I mention on scheduling PST. And anyway, I double checked last night at like midnight. I was like, oh, I should just make sure that Diana's not at her phone uh, at 6 a.m. our time. And I had, oh, yeah. And so we rescheduled. But then here's the really ridiculous part. All I saw was, can we reschedule to 10 a.m., not you asking if it could be tomorrow. So my husband has been (laughs) doing online schooling for Sabrina all morning so I could do the interview. And then so I was trying to call Diana and she wasn't picking up. And then I actually read the email you had sent. And I was like, oh, my gosh, tomorrow. I just wanted to share to everyone that this is a big mess. And thank you for being flexible. (laughs) Of course. No, gosh, please. That's like the name, the name of the game. Um, and I'm I'm so excited to be speaking with you again. I have some tough questions for you up top because okay. we are in a very scary time. And while I want to offer so much comfort to our listeners, I also want to be yeah. real with them. And I want to give them information because I know that when I am worried having someone just pat me on the head and tell me that it's all okay and to stop thinking about it, like that doesn't work for me. Like I want to know as much as I can know so I can make informed decisions. To start this off though, what would you like to say to expecting mothers out there who, you you know, none of us expected the world to change so drastically in such a short period of time? But I would love for you to send out a little message of love for those pregnant mothers out there right now before I ask you these questions. There is this moment that happens in most births where a a woman will sort of look at me and she'll just say, I can't do this. And that's always the moment where I sort of stop what I'm doing and I put my hands like on her face and we make eye contact and I say, No, but the thing is, you are doing it now as we speak. And that is, I feel very much that that's real right now. There is this tremendous sense of like, I'm not going to be able to do this. And and what's going to happen if? And all of these fears, which are so real. But the thing is, like in this moment, you are doing it. You are getting through potentially one of the hardest things that we have ever, you know, that you've ever had to do and you are doing it. And, and it doesn't mean it's like, you know, when, when I say to someone like you're brave and they say, no, I'm not brave. I'm scared. Like, no, being brave isn't the absence of fear. Being brave is being scared and doing it anyway. Like you are so brave right now, even if it feels chaotic and even if it feels disjointed and scary and and all of those things like you are right now as you listen to this you are being strong you are being powerful 
like you're just going to continue to keep being strong and to keep being powerful. And it sounds like this sounds so corny, but I believe with all my heart, like there is nothing more powerful than a woman on the threshold of becoming a mother. Nothing like there, like, I mean, I can't even find the words like your body, your mind, your spirit, your emote, like all of it. It is the most powerful force on this earth. And right now we are being called to put like, put that power to the test and it feels really scary, but you are actively doing it and you will continue to be able to do it. And ultimately, you know, it's about love. You love your baby. Your baby loves you. And so when you're feeling that, that fear, like how can you infuse love into the situation? How can you just like bathe yourself in love and your baby in love and know that at the end of this, like this is going to be part of your story, you know? Mm. Thank you, Diana. So what do mothers need to know? What do expecting mothers need to know right now about COVID-19? Oh, gosh. So this is such a hard time. This is such a challenging time for everyone. Um, And I think to be in a really sort of vulnerable state like pregnancy um, just makes it that much harder. One, because this is not how you wanted it to be, right? Like with such expectations and hopes for the time that we're pregnant. Um, and it's so disappointing to have to do it during something like this. So the first thing I would say is like, whatever emotions you're having right now, allow space for yourself to have those emotions. Um, you know, allow yourself to, to grieve for the experience that you're not having, you know, for the fact that maybe you can't have an in-person baby shower and, and all of those things. Like it's okay to be upset about that stuff. Um, I also would say that, you know, having time for, for self-care and I mean like real deep, profound self-care, you know, not, um, I mean like bubble baths and such are, are great. But um, right now, you know, things like setting up really firm boundaries for yourself, you know, saying to yourself, like, okay, these are the people that uh, are helpful (laughs) for me to speak with right now. And and I'm going to talk to them a lot. And these are the people that love me, but are kind of stressing me out. So I'm going to put up some boundaries and I'm not going to talk with them as frequently, you know, sort of really again, setting up firm boundaries so that you can protect your emotions and your mental health um, as much as you can during this time. And to that end, I would say, be very um, aware of where you're getting your information. One of the things that, I, again, like makes this so challenging is that we just don't, there's so much that we don't know or that we're learning. And there is so much noise out there. Um, not all of it, I would say, um, equal in value. So, you know, really hone in on the sources that are providing like evidence-based sort of calming information and stick to those, you know, the CDC, the World Health Organization, ACOG, ACNM, you know, organizations that you really trust, stick with them and, and tune out the stuff that's, that's stressing you out. 
And lastly, to really think of your provider as your person, you know, your primary person who's going to provide you with the best information. Because one of the things that is challenging right now is we're sort of, we have like these blanket statements, but every person comes into this with unique circumstances. You live in different areas of the country, maybe the world. You have like different medical history. You're at a different point in your pregnancy. You're go, you know, planning on giving birth at a different place. And all of those things are going to impact how coronavirus affects your pregnancy. And so I would start with your provider. And certainly if you disagree with what they say, or, you know, you, you can get second opinions and third opinions, of course, but, you know, know that it's going to look different for everyone and your provider can give you sort of the most personalized information. Okay. Speaking of providers, there's been a lot of questions out there about doulas and midwives. Yeah. Now, if a hospital is going to res- set a set in place a restriction allowing only one support person in the room, I know yeah. that for a while they were doing that in New York, and it becomes a choice of your partner or your doula, you know, most people would choose their partner, I think. I was like, hmm, sorry, Adam, if you're listening. I was like, I'm really on the fence on that one. (laughs) Like, my doula really got me through. Mm -hmm. If you were hoping for an unmedicated birth at a hospital, but you can't have your doula, what do you you say to that mother? The first thing that I would say is consider virtual support. Certainly, um, it's not going to be the same, but that doesn't mean that it's not going to be helpful. Most doulas um, are pivoting, um, just like everyone is right now, right? Um, and offering virtual, virtual, you know, birth services and support services and all of that. So I would really consider that, and consider that, like, yeah, they're not going to be there holding your hand, but it can still be incredibly impactful. You know, our our generation of moms, like, we are used to doing so much stuff online. So I think it'll be weird for like a few minutes and then it'll just kind of slip into feeling like she's in the room with you, he or she is in the room with you. So um, I would, you know, really explore that option. And I would encourage you to have like really in-depth conversations with your, with your partner and to, and to talk with them and say like, listen, this is what I'm going to need during my birth. Like, can, can you provide that for me? You know? And if not, like, is it worth maybe considering swapping the partner out for, for the doula, you know, and doing it in a way that doesn't feel like it's, you know, you're not hurting their feelings or, you know, anything like that. I was like in my own little shame spiral of like, Adam's going to listen to this. And I'm going to have a, like, yes, Adam, I would have chosen you over the doula, but it's hard. Right. It is hard. It is hard. No, it's hard because, you know, they, it, it's an emotional experience for them too. And so often I always say like the doula is there for you and for your partner, if you have one. Um, and so to, <laughs> you know, your partner probably like needs that support too, you know, Mm -hmm. and maybe your partner would be kind of happy to not, not happy to not be there, but like kind of happy to say like, okay, the doula is going to be the expert in this scenario. And I'm going to be the expert once you get home from the hospital and taking care of you, you know? um, So making sure that people know that like, even if you're not, you know, I think that's like another piece of this is like, even if you're not there for the birth, 
you are still an incredibly important part of this team. And that goes for people who wanted their mom to be with them. And now the mom can't come because they're, you know, all, all of those different people, like support for a new mother is ongoing. And, you know, certainly labor is the most sort of intense part of it. But think about when you're like three weeks postpartum, like that's, that's a tough moment. Like you're going to need support then too. So um, I think like being able to look at this kind of like non emotionally and non-emotionally at the Mm -hmm. same time, you know, if that makes sense um, without having feelings be hurt um, could be an important piece of it. Now, again, sorry, my kids are outside screaming. (laughs) I'm I'm now recording a podcast in my closet because, because hashtag pandemic. Thank you so much. (laughs) Here I am. I've seen a lot of articles about women looking into home births. And I'm curious what your thoughts are on home birth at this time. I would be nervous about needing to call 911, but I also live in a major city. Sure. Or my answer to this question is um, slightly annoying, so apologies in advance, uh, but goes back to the thing I was talking about in terms of providers, right? Because the answer to this question is going to be different for everyone. That being said, um, evidence has shown that for people having low-risk pregnancies, home birth is um, is considered to be a safe option. Now, who you speak to about home birth is going to, you know, the, the opinions are going to vary. The American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists believes that the safest place to have a baby um, is in a hospital while, you know, ACNM, the American College of Nurse Midwives, you know, believes that home birth can be, you know, just as safe as a birth center or hospital birth. So people are going to have, you know, varying professional opinions, which is both good and makes it hard for you to, to, you know, arrive at a decision that works for you. I think a lot of it um, for me, you know, a big piece of it is thinking about not only the birth, but the period of time leading up to the birth, what is going to make you feel most comfortable between now and then? It does the idea of having a home birth kind of stress you out and make you even more anxious because of exactly your concern about the potential need to have to call 911 or, you know, the potential need that you're going to want to have an epidural or anything like that. If you're going to be more stressed between now and then, it's probably not the best choice for you. But if the idea of having a home birth like feels like this burden has been lifted and you suddenly just feel so much calmer and it feels, you know, less stressful than like, maybe that isn't an an option, you know, you should consider. The other thing I will say is that, you know, we don't necessarily get answers to our questions in a vacuum. And so if you are considering switching to a home birth, like reach out to a home birth midwife and speak to them, you know, speak to a few of them. Because in talking to the actual person who would potentially be helping you have your baby, like you will likely gain so much clarity. You may call them and they may say, oh, sorry, we're full for your due date. Like, and then there's your answer, you know, or they may say like, oh, you're actually not a great candidate for a home birth because X, Y, Z. And there's your answer. Or maybe you talk to them and you're like, whoa, I had no idea that this is, 
you know, something that I would ever want to consider, but this is absolutely the approach that I want to take. You know, so in in talking to people, you will get um, hopefully more clarity. Um, and it can't, I mean, you know, home births, home births can be amazing. They can be so amazing, especially during something like this. I think I would have such a hard time trusting that the midwife didn't have coronavirus. Like the idea that, that an outsider would be coming in without all the medical coverage. Yeah. So midwives who are, um, who are attending home births are wearing masks and gloves and they're doing all the same, like taking all the same precautions. Yeah. And theoretically you're getting exposed to less germ, fewer germs because they're coming into your home as opposed to you like walking into a hospital. Now, that doesn't mean I'm not advocating for home, but like home birth is not right for everyone. So I'm not saying that, you know, um, but I think like at any time we're in contact with another person right now, unfortunately, there is the risk. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just figuring out like which, where do you feel the safest and what is the safest for you and your medical situation? But yeah, I mean, I just, I just, I have a friend who's a home birth midwife um, near me in Philadelphia and I just shipped her a box of, gloves and masks and stuff, you know, cause she's going to homes wearing them. Um, so they, they are still taking, you know, the same precautions, um, that they would in a hospital for sure. You know, on this podcast, we've always talked about how it takes a village and, you know, we have all, uh, read the books and the blogs that talk about the fourth trimester and how important it is for the mother to rest because she's going through her own, you know, physical and emotional recovery with a newborn. How in these times can a mother carve out space for herself to heal or how can she reframe the experience now that a village isn't allowed to show up at our door? And a lot of these mothers have other children at home and also have a partner yep. who's trying to hold on to their job. Yep. What do you say to them? <sighs> I say that I wish I could hug you, first of all, because um, this is incredibly hard. Um, I would say there's a couple sort of like practical things that you can try. And certainly this is not going to work for everyone. And this is, again, another thing where you got to check with your provider before you do this. But I have heard of people who will say have their mom, grandma isolate for two weeks and then come over, you know, so that like you sort of move in with you, you know, so at least you have one person who you can trust is hopefully, you know, Mm -hmm. infection free. And then they kind of come in and at least you sort of are socially distancing or quarantining or whatever with that person. So that can be helpful. The other thing again is not to underestimate underestimate the importance of um, virtual support in terms of um, at least just, you know, showing people that that they're important and and all of that. The other piece that I think is going to be, and forgive me, this is like a little bit of a tangent, but that I think is going to be really important to this fourth trimester piece is mental health. I think that, you know, when we are newly parents, we are vulnerable as it is. And now we have this this wild thing happening and there's like this underlying sense of fear and real stress and real, real worry. Um, and I am concerned 
that the rates of like postpartum depression yeah. and anxiety are going to increase right now. And so I am really advocating for every person who can to set up like preemptive mental health check-ins um, virtually, um, even if you don't feel depressed, even if you feel fine, because this is a really hard time, really, really, really hard time. And so to give yourself access to somebody who can help you cope, um, I think is really important, like for everybody, honestly, mm-hmm. but but for people who are particularly particularly vulnerable right now, I think it's even more important. And then I think also, you know, for people who are wanting to support new parents, like there are there are so many ways that you can do that. You know, um, of course, obviously, like my mind goes straight to food, but like, can you order, you know, contact free delivery for, you know, like. We can, so you can't, maybe you can't have a meal train, but like, can you have like a food delivery train, you know, mm-hmm. can you, like, are there other ways that you can send help? Because ultimately I feel like it comes down to feeling like the people around you care about you and think that you're important. And even though it's not going to be as good as the sort of one-on-one, like friends in your living room approach right now, having people continue to reach out to you is going to be really important. The news is changing every day and there's so much we still don't know. But, you know, as of Friday, Friday, April 10th, like what are they saying about the risks of this virus to pregnant mothers? And Mm -hmm. what are the, you know, if a mother has COVID-19, what what are they suggesting for breastfeeding? Yeah, so it's so hard because the because it's like you said we don't we're learning. Um, you know there have been small studies that have found that it does not look like you know that that found that it doesn't look like COVID nineteen is passed through the placenta to fetuses. But then there were a few studies that came out that said, mm, you know, we're not we're not sure about that yet because newborns were testing positive. And so it was hard. It's hard to determine, you know, at what point the baby was infected. Mm-hmm. So we are still learning um, about, you know, about that. Um, I will say that most of the cases of newborns having COVID-19 have been, you know, relatively mild cases. Um, so that piece feels, you know, reassuring. In terms of breastfeeding, um, the last that I heard was complicated. Um, and, and, you know, if this has changed in the last few days, I apologize. But the last I heard, the CDC was saying that women with COVID-19 should um, should not breastfeed, Prime, not because it can be transmitted through breast milk, but because it can, um, because you're that, you're very close to the baby. And so, you know, there's a concern for breathing on the baby and, and giving them, you know, the infection. Whereas the World Health Organization was saying that the benefits of breastfeeding still outweigh the risks. And they are recommending that women with COVID continue to breastfeed if that's their choice. So this just another example of like, this is why I would really talk to the provider because, 
you know, maybe there's a special circumstance with your specific baby, for example, like maybe they already have a respiratory concern. So COVID might be more impactful. So that is a baby that really should be isolated. Whereas another, you know, I, and I'm just kind of making that up. I don't even know if we we have information on that yet, but your provider is going to be able to help you come up with Mm -hmm. the best solution for your, your specific case. When you just said that about isolating the baby, you know, it, it made me think of the interviews I've done of mothers who have had babies in the NICU. Yeah. What what do you say to mothers who may need to spend 14 days away? I'm not planting that seed for more, you know, fear, but rather, you know, no, is, is you. there something that the idea of how to connect with your baby if you may need to spend some time apart for their safety? Yep. Totally hear you. So I have a couple things to say. First of all, know that when, if the if, if, big if, that happens, you know, if your baby's in a NICU or, or something like that, you know, you, the baby is being incredibly well taken care of. Um, NICU nurses um, are, you know, like angels on this earth. Um, so, you know, the baby will will want for nothing. Um, so there is that. The other piece I will say is if breastfeeding is important to you um, and you've chosen to do that, consider pumping during this time. Pumping will, you know, ensure that your milk supply still comes in. And, you know, there's a, a very good chance that even if you are physically separated from your baby, you can still be providing breast milk, which is taken over to the baby. And even if not, can be like frozen and then given to the baby later. So, so that would be something to consider. The other thing is that like the idea of being separated from your baby is like beyond heartbreaking. And in no way am I minimizing that experience because I like, I, I can't even imagine how difficult that would be. That being said, Babies are resilient and mothers are like the most resilient, the most amazing and the most strong. And so, yes, that period of time would be incredibly difficult, but I don't see like you're, you have an entire lifespan with the baby and those two weeks away, while again, incredibly difficult are not going to, like, you are still going to bond with your baby. You are still going to love your baby. Your baby is still going to love you. And ultimately, like, this becomes part of your story. Like, I think motherhood is a love story, right? Um, motherhood is a story about love. And and ultimately, that's what it is at its core. And, like, you and your baby were apart for two weeks. But, like, when there's real profound love involved, which there is in, in this journey, like distance, distance is okay. <laughs> you know, your baby knows, your baby knows that you love them and you know that your baby loves you. Um, and trusting that those two weeks will pass and then you have the rest of forever to, to be in, in connect, you know, in contact with them and to, and to, hold them and to smell them and to do all that stuff that you so desperately want to do for those two weeks. Oh, and then the other piece, the other piece is if that is happening to you, like the mental health piece for you even more. So like 
reaching out to a therapist, having therapy sessions, um, you know, all of that during and after that time, because it will feel traumatic for sure. For people who are pregnant and listening, like that is one of the many what ifs, you know? So I think that it's important to consider it and to brace yourself for it and to ask questions, but also try not to, if you are able, and this is hard, easier said than done, like try not to let yourself get consumed about all of the what ifs because that is just too overwhelming. You know, what, like to, to quote uh, princess Anna uh, from frozen Two, like, what, like, what is the next right thing? You know? And I think that's all any of us can do right now. Like what is the next right thing and know and trust that even though this is uncharted territory, like you will be able to do the next right thing and then the next right thing. And eventually we will get to the end of this. Special thanks to our sound engineer, Owen O'Neill, our production assistant, Olivia Hasty, and our original theme music by Jeremy Turner. Find us on social media, especially on Instagram at Atomic Moms. And catch up with our family during quarantine by signing up for our newsletter. The link is on AtomicMoms.com. Until next time, trust in your goodness, live out your greatness, rock on, Atomic Moms.